into another episode of Try Talk SA, and uh, this one is a bumper edition, slightly longer than normal. I uh, hope you don't mind, but yeah, I had an absolute blast putting this one together, and uh, just listening to all the interviews, there's nothing I could leave out or sort of hold over till next week, so uh, I wanted to bomb it all on the same episode, and I hope you don't mind, and I hope you really do enjoy it. It's a big weekend for triathlon, and in particular for Ironman triathlon this coming weekend. It is the Ironman World Champs in Kona, Hawaii. And uh, I mentioned that last week we're going to try and get uh, a bit of a flavor and a bit of a taste from the Big Island, which we've managed to do. And it's a bit of a global episode of Try Talk SA this week as well. Just so you know, coming up on the show, we chat to Paul Kay, who's still in Kitzbühel in Europe. Uh, we chatted to him via Skype just to get a bit of a, a feel of, of who he thinks will do well this coming weekend from a South African perspective, because there are a whole bunch of South Africans racing. I also caught up with uh, South African Xterra legends, uh, Dan Hugo. He's just doing great things on the Xterra circuit. Uh, and he's on the big island, not to race in Kona, but in two weeks' time, he'll be racing in the Xterra equivalent in Maui. Uh, and he's there to acclimatize. So I sort of caught up with him uh, with regards to his hopes and expectations. Also chatted a little bit about uh, Kona this weekend. He's going to be watching and screaming for all the South Africans who are out on course. I touched base with Chris uh, Fiesel, who we chatted to last week on Try Talk SA. He's part of the lottery program, won a slot to go to Kona in the lottery, and he's there and just absolutely starstruck. He keeps pinching himself to make sure that this is real, but uh, phenomenal, phenomenal uh, experience for Chris. And yeah, it was great to catch up with him again. And then last but definitely not least, we headed over to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, there's a race coming up in South Africa in just uh, a few weeks' time, probably about a month's time from now. 11 Global, Sun City. And I caught up with the organizers from uh, 11 Global, whose head office is in Atlanta, Georgia, although it's not a Southern American drawl, you'll hear. Uh, it is a South African accent, so a strong South African connection there too. But that's all coming up in this week's show. There's also an entry up for grabs once again uh, to the jailbreak uh, triathlon that's coming up in the Western Cape as well. I'll give you a question at the end of the show. If you answer the question right, I'll pop your name in the draw and we'll announce the winner on next week's episode of Try Talk SA. So without further ado, let's get straight into this week's episode. Try Talk SA, it's a big week this week. Uh, we've been chatting about it uh, in the build-up the last couple of weeks, but this week we're focusing specifically on Kona uh, and the Ironman World Champs. And uh, this one's quite an interesting one because he's not racing in Kona this coming weekend, but he's there as a spectator, and he's got a big race coming up in a couple of weeks as well, and it's awesome to welcome onto the show Dan Hugo. Dan, welcome on to Try Talk SA. Thanks for, for taking the time to catch up with us. Brad, thanks so much. It's great to be hosted. Literally halfway around the world, you're sitting on the, on the big island as we speak. Uh, I want to chat a little bit about your tri career and that in a moment, but tell us a, a little bit about the vibe that, that's happening in Kona right now. I often remark that if you were to hit a, a pin all the way from South Africa through the center of the globe, and you know, you'd pop out pretty much in Hawaii, it's 12 hours time difference as well as the south-north difference. Um, so very much uh, spot on halfway around the world. But it seems to be the center of the triathlon world this week. And um, I went for a little ride this morning, probably the only guy on a mountain bike in Kona, and um, managed to sneak by James and Jody. So, you know, South African interests and those that follow the scene back home, it's, um, it's a big week. It's great to be here. I'm going to be on the tarmac cheering with pretty much everything I have uh, for that couple. And, and then a few of my bolder friends who who have become second family. But yeah, you're quite right. I'm not racing, and uh, I'm here to get used to the heat and humidity because my main event is in two weeks' time in Maui, a little 20-minute uh, flight away. T tell us a little bit about that in two weeks' time in Maui. It's, I mean, you, you're big into the Xterra side of things. What, what's happening in Maui, and, and, and sort of what are you hoping to achieve? Yeah, annually, same as Kona. It's the, the pilgrimage for us as, um, with a world title on the line. Uh, it's pretty much the same weekend every year, same as Kona. So two weeks after Kona, it's, it's sort of been the tradition. Uh, it's the pinnacle of our season. And um, I had a, a dull year last year. I had a big crash and, and lost out to the second half of the season. So I've not been here for two years. And um, some two years ago, I had a pretty good uh, hit out and managed to get second 
um, mostly through fortune that that I hope gets repeated. But um, you know, it'd be it'd be great to go one better at that at some stage. Uh, I doubt my season is shaping for that this year. I'll be humble and honest about that. At the same time, you know, sport is a remarkable thing, and I think we all saw it in in Vegas at the seventy point three World Champs. No one seemed more surprised than Sebastian Kinley at, at winning. You know, he. He was saying the season he'd had, and it just it felt like things wanted to click. And then, and that's the mystery and beauty of of sport. It's not all science. And um, so, yeah, who knows? So anyway, so that's in in two weeks' time. But first things first is uh, two and a half weeks of training left. And where I've been in Colorado, it started it starts getting snowy uh, at this time of year. And um, so it's a great thing to come out here, be a part of the industry in Kona. And most importantly, get used to the heat and the humidity. Dan, you, you talk about Boulder and, and being based in, in Boulder. You've been there a while now, and, and, and that's your, your, your base for now, I'm, I guess. I mean, who, who knows what the future holds and, and where you'll be. But, but Boulder, there, there's a lot of great athletes that, that live and train in Boulder, not just in, in triathlon. It's, it's multidiscipline. It's, it's, sort of kind of, it's kind of a haven for, for, for top-class athletes. It's a great place to be, isn't it? I get this question often as as to why, and there's there's no single reason, but it's certainly it's reached a critical mass where it's now a self fulfilling prophecy, and it is the place to be as far as endurance sports go. So Tom Danielson, um, there are a couple of the top pro tour you know cyclists who base out of the hour. Be blanking. I mean Taylor Finney grew up there. His family is based there. But then on the triathlon scene, it's it's very much a who's who and you know, you, you don't explain what the sport of triathlon is. Similar to here in Kona, it's, uh, if you see a cyclist on the road, they're likely a triathlete. Um, it's remarkable that way. And, and everybody looks like they've had a very expensive bike fit. So it's a very, very unique place. And, and sure, it is at altitude, uh, 5,400 feet. From there, you can do a 20-minute drive and you can be running a long run at 8,500. You can cycle up to 12,000 and above. So... It's got a lot to offer. The weather's terrific through summer, and and town is rigged uh, for migrant athletes like myself. We're there for six months of the year. Um, there are enough of them, like Julie Dibbins. I think Tim Don has, has now made it a permanent base. He'll be staying through the winter, but then Craig Alexander, um, quite a few move southern hemisphere, northern hemisphere. So it's uh, it's atypical for America. I'd definitely say that as well. It's got a great coffee shop culture. Um, it's not franchise or mass production. It's it's a well-traveled, affluent um, little spot. And I can certainly say for all the locals that I meet, no one grew up in Boulder. Everyone has chosen to be there. And that's that's a great energy to be plugged into. People who live by choice and have moved there for the lifestyle. So, yeah, I'm very grateful. It's It's not Stellenbosch and it's not home and there's no Afrikaans and there's no humor at the fuel station, um, but it's it's a pretty good second home. Yeah, I mean, I mean you talk about Stellenbosch and, and home back here. It must be difficult to to as a, as a pro athlete to base yourself in, in a place like Boulder, as great as it is. It's still like you say, it's not home, and and you don't have the the. the I mean, you probably do, but it's it's you, you've got the comforts in that, but it's not your place, if you know what I'm saying. It's not where you were born I, and bred, if, if you know what I'm getting at. You catch me at a vulnerable place, Brad. I'm, you know, I'm at the end of quite a long season and I'm, I'm scratching to get home and I you know, cannot wait to, to connect with family, friends and just the nuances that are South Africa that, that makes our way of life there such a privilege. And, um, so certainly, but at the same time, I'm, I'm very, very grateful and aware that I've been able to live my 20s in a way that's very unusual and um, you know, I try and make the most of that and if I'm not in Boulder over the last couple of months then I've been in Brazil, Japan, Mexico, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been special so I think it's just as long as, as all the listeners um, appreciate that it's, it's not all Monskain and Rosa, I mean it's, it has its downsides, it has its challenges and there's certainly testing times and um, but yeah, I mean, I think you choose to frame life in South Africa or life on the road uh, by choice. And, and I choose to see it as, a, as an incredible opportunity. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, tons of people would 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 kill to to do what you're doing, and and you're right. It it is a great opportunity, and and it's not going to last forever. I mean, that's that's one of the things about yeah. professional sports as well yeah. is your time at the top yeah. is limited unless you uh, are this yeah. freak of nature. But you, you're riding the wave while you can. Talk talk us through your season so far. You're heading into into essentially the world champs in two weeks. You you mentioned your season last year where you you had the crash and it wasn't great. This season been a lot better. I'll backtrack from here. So two weeks ago, we had the USA Series final and uh, managed to finish second in the series, which I was pleased about, although the, the final championship day was a fifth. It was definitely the closest racing we've had, and I think it's a great precursor for Maui. I think similar to ITU or even the depth of Ironman racing, I think you know seeing five guys within 90 seconds at the finish line is uh, is a reality. So unfortunately, I wasn't at the the high end of the top five, but um, not a race that specifically suited me. It was a hill climb style course with two transitions. Uh, so I did what I could and backing further from that, I was in Japan. Terrific experience, one of the best race travel experiences I've had. Uh, managed to win there and maybe two, three weeks before that I was in Mexico where I got a second. Um, also a great experience, a small town high up in the mountains that looks like nothing has changed for 200 years. Red Spanish brick roofs, uh, yeah, cobbled streets. It was really, really neat experience. Um, but sadly, going into that, I was at home in July with the Nisner Oyster Festival and there was groveling already with a little injury that somehow still lingers even even still. So I've upset a nerve and... Um, so mid-year was a little shaky and, you know, to then pull back a bit into the bigger picture, although it's been shaky, it's been great to be racing. Um, and if you're listening to this as an athlete, you know, I, th- I think it's only natural that we all go through highs and lows and injuries, some of them overuse, some of them accidental. And last year I had surgery to a collarbone after breaking that and five of my spinous process, um, little bits in my back after hitting a Labrador while on a TT bike before 70.3 actually. So it's, it's not that it's not going to happen. It's just how you deal with it. And I really feel like it's been an incredibly refreshing experience. It, it made me realize, as you say, the music and lights will stop at some point. It's, it's inevitable. And I nearly thought it did last year. And so it just forced me to reevaluate, reappreciate, and, and traveling as much as I have this year to new destinations has been an extension of of that experience. So, you know, perhaps there hasn't been as much uh, winning this year as I would have liked, and maybe I've done too much to deserve that. But, you know, I've, I've had a very, very rich year, and, um, and it probably wouldn't have been such if, if I hadn't had a downtime, if I hadn't had an injury and surgery. And, and so I think just being open to the journey has is, is, been very rewarding and a good learning curve. Dan, Dan, I actually asked Ryan Sands this exact question. He he obviously picked up uh, an injury at Leadville uh, earlier this year and had to pull out of that race. And and for someone like Ryan, who's 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 had a great sort of run, winning lots of races, an injury like that sort of takes it knocks the wind out of your sails and knocks your confidence and and it takes some sort of getting getting back into to the swing of things and 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 finding your groove again. How do you find? you bounce back from, from setbacks like that and disappointments? Brad, it certainly depends on the, you know, the magnitude of it and the, the duration of it. But yeah, I've, I can very much relate to Ryan's commentary in, in that you, you know, I got to races earlier on this year and I had a nervousness that I thought I was beyond. Um, and it's, it's such a curious question, how much of racing is physical and how much of it is that you know, deeper emotional security and confidence and it's just... And I think definitely in, in endurance and ultra racing, as, as Ryan does, it's, I think it's almost it's more of the game, you know, the confidence that you start that 100 miler with. So it's, it's been a process. Um, I'm a realist. I, I enjoy the numbers. I enjoy the small steps. And, and for me, racing is, is just trying to reflect what's in the tank. Uh, you know, so I don't expect magic on race day if it hasn't been happening day in and day out. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy, that's for sure. And it's definitely momentum, builds momentum, you know, just as struggles 
sort of encourage struggling, you know. Um, so, yeah, you've got to pick your battles, I think, just to find your groove again. Right. And then, Dan, you, you, you mentioned as well, I mean, I, I said it, that the, the music and lights aren't going to last forever. How much longer do you, do you still think you've, you've got it in you to, to be racing at that top level? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I knew because, I mean, the uncertainty is, is, a, is a curious thing. But, you know, at the moment, I'm having a terrific time. I'm, I realize I have one go at, at this, uh, you know, at this life, essentially, as dramatic as that sounds. But there are many things I would like to do. There are many places I would like to live and many experiences I'd enjoy pursuing. Um, but as you also pointed out, you know, this, this opportunity is only available at this stage of my life. And, um, you know, so certainly another couple of years is, uh, is conceivable, but I, I doubt I'll continue until my late 30s or anything. Uh, th- at the moment, I'd, I'd struggle to see that path. But, you know, I'm having a, a really, really great time. I've met incredible people, gone incredible places. And I think as long as what I can be accountable for, for this opportunity and, you know, be able to leave on my terms, that would be the, the wish. I look forward to the next chapter and I couldn't really tell you what that will be, but I've I've grown to be comfortable with the fact that there will be another chapter uh, and the fact that I don't know what it is. And, um, you know, I look forward to applying my mind a bit more. I look forward to earning an income when my heart rate's not over 120. Uh, you know, so let's see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, you talk about that, that, that shelf life. You look at a guy like Conrad Stoltz, who's, who's just an absolute freak of nature, uh, and he's still doing it at his age and, and absolutely loving it. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's the, the beauty of of life and the sport is that is you know, how we all differ is is pretty refreshing you know thank goodness for that um, but you know I mean I fancy a suit and a tie at some point and uh, although I've never sat in traffic and never intend to you know you know maybe I can find a funky commuter bike and make my way to some office <laughs> somewhere no I I joke but I I really look forward to um, yeah to to living a future chapters and I think that's a part of my generation and culture very few of us study and live out a certain you know trade or profession I think looking at life and thinking I might have three or four careers that really excites me that idea excites me and and again if if they can be in multiple locations perhaps a bit internationally as well then uh, I'd really fancy pursuing that and and making that happen and be chasing summers eternally (laughs) no 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 it's you know, you joke, but it's, um, it does seem like a, the dream world, although then in Boulder you hear the conversations about skiing and snowboarding and, you know, winter fun and games. And it's, we don't know winter like that where they get excited at first snow and, you know, for the coming months. So I would, I'd fancy experiencing that maybe not every, every year, but, you know, again, it's, it's just the, the variation is something that I really enjoy and monotony is something I struggle with, so as you can tell. So yeah, but it, you know, if, if not endless summer, then it at least pursue something. Yeah, without a doubt. Dan, uh, I'm going to let you go. I know you've just got back from that bike ride. Uh, Want to wish you luck for two weeks in Maui. Also, if I uh, can ask you a favour, when you're on that tarmac this weekend, shout as loud as you can for all those <laughs> South Africans that are out there, uh, and our adopted one, Jody Swallow, as well. I think she's in with a great shot this weekend yeah. too. Brad, I thank you so much. I appreciate you finding me uh, all the way around the world and taking the time. 12 hours time difference, so I, I guess you're ready for bed and I'm ready for breakfast. Uh, but yeah, well, I'll be cheering. Don't you worry. Brilliant. Dan, all the best, and we look forward to catching up with you and you back on South African soil. Thanks very much, sir. Keep all. Well, this week we've been chatting lots and lots about Kona, and we caught up with him last week just before he left uh, for the Big Islands, and we're chatting once again on the Big Island in Hawaii. In Kona, Chris Fiesel, welcome back onto the show. Did you have a good journey to, to Hawaii? Aloha, Brad. Yes, uh, we had, uh, let's say, a, a long journey, uh, three flights via London and Los Angeles. So by the time we got here, we were pretty exhausted, and the body was pretty tired as well. I'm sure, mate, but uh, you, you managed to catch up on a little bit of sleep, sort of get over the, the jet lag, and, and you, you sort of registered and rearing to go. That's it, yeah, we're back into, back into normal, normal Hawaii hours. Uh, we slept about five and a half, six hours last night, had a little run this morning, went and had coffee at Lava Java, went and did the, the expo, took lots of photos, registered. I must say the registration was very, very uh, streamlined and quick. 
Yeah, it, sound, it sounds amazing, Chris. I mean, that's that's Iron Man for you. Just really well organized, great events, and and you also said to me before we started recording that you you went out on the bike course to go check it out, and uh, quite difficult to wrap your head around. Very different to the Iron Man South Africa bike course. It is. It's unbelievable because Ironman South Africa is three loops of 60K. So you don't really gauge how far 180K is. But when you get in a car and drive to the turnaround point in Harvey, um, it, it really it took, took forever. I think it took it about an hour and a half to an hour 40 just to get out to Harvey. Then we had lunch there and we drove back. So we just try to gauge how the, the roads were, where there were uphills, but of downhills, um, but brutal winds. The crosswinds in and in Harvey were unbelievable. So it did scare me quite a bit. Um, the bike is my strength, but uh, yeah, I put into put into reality exactly what we're in for on Saturday. And, and just tell me about the vibe, Chris. I mean, it, it's obviously world champs. You're there on the on, on the lottery program, but it, it must just be racing snakes everywhere you look, and and just big names and and yeah, just stars everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of people here that need a few meals because uh, they obviously haven't been eating much. Uh, body fat is really low. Uh, everyone's well tanned. Everyone's ripped. Everyone's got six packs, and it's just it's unbelievable. It looks like everyone's a pro out here, um, and you do bump into loads of pros. I mean, I met Mark Allen today, Chrissy Wellington, uh, Peter Fabricek. Uh, they're all over. Uh, you see them. I saw Pete Jacobs as well, but. Uh, you sort of walk around starstruck. Um, it's unbelievable that you're towing the line with these guys on Saturday morning. Chris, I tell you what, I'm green with envy. I, I'm, I'm so amped for you to, to be racing this thing, and I, and I can't wait to be tracking it online as well. Uh, I know it's uh, you've just had dinner, and it's sort of heading towards bedtime. It's early morning here in South Africa. Uh, I want to wish you well on the weekend. Uh, we've put your number up on the website as well. If people want to track you live, they can. Uh, we're going to be tracking all the South Africans. Really looking forward to that. So, Chris, all the best. Uh, yeah, we'll chat to you. We'll catch up with you when, you, when you're back in SA and, and after the race. Thanks, Brad, and thanks very much for the support and for all the all the punting as well. It's it's really it's a privilege to be here, and it's a privilege that uh, everyone's following me and encouraging me along the way. I really appreciate it. Well, we mentioned it, and we've been chatting about it lots this weekend. Ironman World Championships taking place uh, in Hawaii in Kona. And uh, Mr. Ironman himself, he's uh, been overseas for the last few months on the European circuit, uh, been blazing a trail and uh, just following that circuit around and watching some incredible racing. And we've chatted to him over the last few months here on Try Talk SA as well. Paul Kay, uh, welcome back onto the show. It's good to catch up again, mate. Thank you. It's good to hear a South African accent other than my echo. Um, <laughs> and two weeks from today, about right about now, we will be on final approach to Cape Town International, the land of sunshine, Burabos and Braaflais. We can't wait. Lekker, you, you must be looking forward to, to heading back to SA. How long have you been over in Europe now this stint? Uh, I think as we stand now, we're on about 176 days out of the country. So roughly, you can call it six months. Wow. So pretty much half a year in the European summer. But uh, And you, like I said, I mean, you've been, been following the European Ironman circuit. You, you've been working at a lot of the races, emceeing and race announcing. But the big one coming up this weekend is Kona. And, and there are a whole bunch of South Africans who are in Hawaii this uh, coming weekend. Some, some racing really hard for, for the elites, some racing in the age groupers. And then we've also got uh, a lottery winner as well, who we chatted to on the show last week as well, Chris Fiesel, who's over there at the moment. But uh, from your sort of point of view, you've seen a lot of the South Africans racing this season. Who's in with a great shot? Look, it's going to be a fantastic race, uh, whether we, you know, whatever the predictions are. And Kona is one of those events where it's impossible to predict what's going to happen. Because the reality is you, you're dealing with, what, 1,600 of the best in the world who have qualified at various races around the world. Um, and, and it boils down to, you know, how well did the prep going leading up to the day? Um, and, and really, two issues, um, how you cope with the humidity and the heat and the winds, and secondly, your, your mental attitude. So I, I think for a lot of the age group athletes who are there, um, this is the culmination of a dream. It's, it's a big tick on their bucket list, um, and, and it's a reward for a huge amount of hard work to get to the Big Island, to get to race the Ironman World Championship in Kona, Hawaii. Which, if you think about it, um, for long-distance triathlon, you could almost call it your Olympics. And uh, it's very, very special. The, I've seen on, on Facebook and on Twitter and on the websites uh, was the Parade of Nations yesterday. 
Um, and the South Africans were proudly walking behind James Kanama, who is our big, big hope uh, on the Big Island on Saturday. Uh, James last raced in Kona in 2009 and swore he would never come back again until he was ready. And the fact that he's back in 2013 means he is ready. Um, you know, he won Challenge Roth, the only African to go sub eight hours. Uh, he took second there again this year. He's had a little bit of bad luck, as he has every year with injury and accidents. But uh, James has been particularly quiet lately, which to me bodes well for what we can expect for him from him on the Big Island. And he's got what it needs. He's got South Afrikaans, a fushbait, and he's got fantastic running legs. You know, he comes from his family background is uh, from Natal, from the Comrades Marathon. And uh, James has got the running legs and the attitude to, to be a contender in Kona. And if not on the podium, he would definitely give those podium contenders something to think about on race day on Saturday. Our best ever placing at the Ironman World Championship was Reynard Tissink with his fifth place. And I know that James is looking to go better than that this year. Yeah, I mean, James James is an amazing, amazing athlete, and, and he's definitely got it in him. You mentioned his, his bit of bad luck. And then on, on the other side, in, in, in the, 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 the women's race, we've sort of claimed her as our own. Uh, James's girlfriend, <laughs> Jodie Swallow, she's racing under the British flag, but I saw a photo of her on Twitter the other day just before they left uh, for Conan. She was proudly waving a South African flag. She's had a, it's been an interesting year for Jody because, I mean, she made the step up to, to Ironman distance at uh, South Africa this year. She's done a couple of other races, she's had a couple of seconds, and she's won as well. So, uh, you know, she's in good form. Experience-wise, might, might count against her. I don't think so. Um, Jody is one of those athletes that I think... Uh, and I've got a, a quick uh, caveat here. I, I've never been to Kona, so that's going to happen one day. So I can only go on what I've read, what I've researched, what I've seen, and what I've heard from other athletes when they talk about Kona. But what I know of, of Jodie Swallow and, and the races I've seen her race and how she races and the kind of personality she is, to me, that is an Ironman world champion. Former 70.3 world champion, uh, ITU long distance world champion and tough as nails. And if there was anybody who doesn't actually have a South African passport, but who epitomizes fussbait, it's got to be Jodie Swallow. And uh, she is so South African these days that she gets a lot of stick from the British media for being such a proud uh, supporter and in inverted commas ambassador for South Africa. Um, Jodie, as you know, second at the Ironman South Africa in this year in her first Ironman finish, uh, then went and followed that up with a second place at the Ironman European Championships in Frankfurt, where she went sub nine. She went sub nine again in Sweden and managed to win that race. So, you know, she is a spectacular athlete, extremely strong. Uh, Dr. Amanda Stevens is used to getting out the water first in the swim, but I think uh, Amanda Stevens is going to have to watch out for Jody Swallow because she's so strong in the water and not just speed-wise, physical strength in the bunch. Um, and uh, Liz Blatchford, another English athlete who's stepped up from short course racing uh, in the last sort of uh, 18 months, is also there, also a phenomenal swimmer. So I see them working together, chasing Amanda Stevens on the swim. And then Jody is just going to absolutely smash it on the bike. And she's going to look to get away from the likes of the big favorite, Caroline Steffen from Switzerland, uh, the likes of Yvonne van Flerken, uh, Leander Cave, and Rachel Joyce. Those are just some of the ladies she's going to look to get away from on the bike and hope to be able to hold on in the humidity and the heat on the run. Uh, I, I really fancy Jody's chances. And sometimes what you don't know is is best for you so not having raced on the big island yet i think is to her advantage yeah it's, it's going to be amazing to watch uh, both the, the the men's and female elite race as well but the age group is uh, look quite interesting and, and we've got a, a very good age group uh, in in kyle buckingham who who's just doing some amazing things he he, he won at uh, 70.3 in vegas at the world champs there and, and now he's off to kona and, and racing this weekend as well he's definitely one to watch from a south african perspective Young Kyle Buckingham, I mean, what a revelation he is. He's an unbelievable athlete um, and, and mature beyond his years. Uh, he raced the Ironman 70.3 Haugesund to Norway, where he won his age group there too. And, 
you know, top 10, no problem. I think if I'm not mistaken, he was sixth fastest overall. Um, and he spent the whole time when we were stuck at the airports on the planes and that studying uh, scientific journals about how to use power meters better. So this is a man who's fully invested um, in reaching the top ranks of long-distance triathlon racing. He's coached by South Africa's very own eight-time Ironman champion, Reynard Tissink, and a very mature approach they've adopted this year where uh, Kyle has continued to race age group to get that experience. And their plan is that Kyle will win his age group in Kona and gain the valuable experience he needs on the big island and then step up to officially racing pro in 2014 and beyond. So we are looking to Kyle to deliver an, an amazing performance. I uh, would not be surprised with a top 30, top 20 overall in terms of finishing time. Uh, and without a doubt, he's looking to win his age group. It's a competitive age group, if I'm not mistaken, he's rating 30-34. So, you know, Kyle is, is a phenomenal athlete. If you want to track him, his race number on race day is 18-46. But there are a couple other amazing age groupers out there. Uh, Kirsty Thompson from Cape Town, she's going back for her second time. I think she finished 18th last year in her very first time in Kona, in her first ever year as a, a triathlete. Don't forget our Ironman South Africa race director, Paul Wolf, who's 40, 40, 45 to 49 age group, unbelievably fast and tenacious athlete. And then in the ladies there, we've got uh, Sue Peterkin racing in her age groups and Lynette Fisher racing in her age group. Lynette Fisher is in the 55-59 age group, I think. Unbelievably fast. I, I reckon maybe a top five from Lynette in her age group. That's just some of the athletes that stand out for me who I think will do amazingly well. And another two youngsters in the men, Dan Howitz from PE, 25 to 29 age category. His first time on the Big Island. Um, he did extremely well at the 51-50 Bella Bella. So he's even though he's only been doing long-distance training. So Dan is very fast, and hopefully the occasion won't be too much for him. And then a young Cape Tonian, Matt Troutman, 25 to 29 age category. Recently, you chatted to the crew for my training day. Uh, he's been trained by them and trains with them, a former professional yacht racer. Uh, Matty Troutman is a supreme athlete, and I expect a top 10 from him in his age group. So that's just some of the amazing age groupers. And then just quickly to... To mention a couple of guys to look out for, former Springbok and EP uh, rugby player Garth Wright, who Garth and uh, Gary Stevenson started the Ironman for the kids. They are also racing age groups on the Big Island. 19 athletes in total will be flying the South African flag on Saturday. So it's quite a quite a big contingent, and and yeah, I mean, I love watching. If you've never actually watched it, and and I would really suggest doing it because uh, I mean, the quality of that broadcast, you stream it online, it is superb. It is good. Um, it 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 should be better, and it could be better if you think of the uh, uh, the technology available to us. Uh, and I do know that Iron Man is investing in in upgrading that 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 online experience. Uh, because not everybody wants to wait until NBC give us the 90-minute TV program, the award-winning 90-minute TV program. But it, it is great to watch. You can also track the athletes online. Uh, you can follow the live ticker. Um, and pretty much, I think, South African time, 6 p.m. Saturday evening uh, is uh, when the racing starts. Uh, and we expect the athletes to be on the marathon round about uh, midnight um plus minus probably a little bit earlier than that so you know that, that those are the kind of the timelines you want to be watching online and i recommend going to bed really early on friday night don't have anything to drink uh, get up late on saturday morning go for a light one or light bike ride and then uh, get your uh, your mates together uh, rent a, one of those data projectors uh, and uh, hook up your laptop and watch it on ironman.com um, luckily here in europe I should be able to catch the Hessen TV live broadcast that goes live from midnight and follows the marathon for the top men and the top ladies. So looking forward to watching that live, albeit in German, but I will understand most of it. So I will be probably tweeting excitedly as much as I possibly can and updating on Facebook what I see happening and, and my interpretation of what I see happening bases uh, the racing I've seen uh, 17 events this year so far uh, for the WTC across 5150 Ironman 70.3 and Ironman in South Africa and in Europe. 
and sharing sort of my opinion of what I think is going on, but mostly just with my wife and my son, popcorn and possibly a couple of cold beers, just getting excited and immersing myself in the Ironman World Championship 2013. Yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome watching uh, the best in the world slug it out on, on the big island. As always, it's a, uh, it's a great race. And, and Paul, just finally, you mentioned you're heading back to Cape Town in two weeks. Uh, you're back in two weeks, but you're straight back into the thick of the action because you're up in Kuruleni on the east end of Johannesburg in the beginning of November for the 5150 African Champs. Indeed. Actually, we land on the Wednesday. Uh, that Friday, we start a coronation double century uh, training camp out in Swellendam, which we are hosting with them, uh, looking after some development and media VIP athletes. From that camp, I go to the Slunghook Triathlon. Uh, the following weekend, you and I will be in uh, Germiston for the 5150 African Champs. Um, thereafter, it's the Woolworths Charity Triathlon. Um, and yeah, straight into the thick of things, as you mentioned. But if we can briefly go back to the Ironman World Championship, um, I'm hoping that for Andreas Raylett and Caroline Steffen, that it is finally their day. I think those two are tied of second place and third place. But uh, you can never discount the champions, Craig Alexander and Leander Cave, Pete Jacobs, who's our defending champion. But in that men's race, Seb Kinder is dangerous. Uh, the Belgian Frederick van Leder is looking in extremely good shape, and the Swiss Ronnie Schilknecht. And then there's the dark horse in the form of Bevan Doherty in the men's race. Uh, Andrew Starikovitz, the American, will probably set the fastest bike time. In the ladies' race, uh, Mary Beth Ellis, if her shoulder holds up, super dangerous. Jody Swallow, without a doubt, a podium contender. Eric Atsomo is a dark horse there with Rachel Joyce and Yvonne van Flaken. And it'll be the American Amanda Stevens who will probably be first out of the water. But again, as we said up front, this is the World Championship. This is one huge day, hot, windy, humid, and it boils down to the hunger and the mental attitude on the day. Yeah, and, and as always with Ironman, so much can go right, but so much can go wrong as well. So a lot of it, uh, there is a bit of luck involved, but it should be a, a great day's racing. A great day's racing. It's what we've all been uh, working towards throughout the year. And uh, it's the 35th anniversary of Ironman back in 1978 when it started. And uh, one of the original finishers, Dave Wolowski, who's raced Ironman South Africa a couple of years ago, struggling with health issues. He's got cancer. Um, he is back on the island. Uh, he finished third at the very first edition back in 1978. And he's racing to raise funds this, uh, this year on the Big Island. And then another crazy athlete who's raced Ironman South Africa uh, after having summited Mount Kilimanjaro only days before the Mexican Luis Alvarez doing his 100th Ironman on the Big Island at the World Championship in Kona. So a lot of great stories coming out of the racing. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be emotional. It's going to be bigger as always. And uh, I can't wait to follow the action and to just you know immerse myself in all the stories that will come out of race day Saturday. Paul K, as always, uh, an absolute pleasure to chat to you, and we'll catch up with you once you're back on South African soil. Can't wait to come home. Uh, thank you for the support, and as always, for Tri Talk SA onwards and upwards. We've been chatting about some of the races uh, that are, are sort of getting going. And, and as we head into the season, there have been a couple of races that have happened already over the last few weeks. But there's a lot more coming up this triathlon season. Uh, and one of the races up north that's uh, been around for a good few years and uh, is happening again in the beginning of November is the 11 Global, which takes place at Sun City. There's actually two races, one in Cape Town, one in, uh, in Sun City. The, the next one is the Sun City edition. And it's a great pleasure to welcome onto the show, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, in the southeast of the United States, the organizer, Ryan Landy. Ryan, thanks for, for catching up with us. Uh, absolute, absolute pleasure, Brad. It's great to be with you. Ryan, that's not a, a southern Georgia drawl that I hear. That's definitely a South African accent. What, what, what's got you to, to Atlanta? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Brad. Actually, I grew up in South Africa and uh, had the opportunity to uh, go to Wits University and graduate as a physiotherapist. And, uh, you know, growing up in uh, the 70s and 80s, um, knew nothing about the Olympic Games and uh, got an opportunity 
to go to Atlanta to experience the Olympic Games. So off I went and uh, I never came back. So I'm still here. Wow. We, well, you say you never come back. You come back quite often because you put on the race here uh, at Sun City and it's coming up uh, beginning of November. Tell us a little bit about uh, the race that's, or, or this one that's coming up now. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. I'm very excited about uh, uh, 11 uh, Sun City coming up on uh, the weekend of November 8th through the 10th. Uh, we have lots of new additions uh, to this weekend festival. Uh, we've added a sprint distance, uh, which is going to take place uh, on Saturday morning. Um, that, that, that event is going to be followed by our kids race. And then also introducing for the first time uh, a development uh, fun run. Uh, I'm trying to introduce the sport to the uh, kids within the surrounding uh, communities of Sun City. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to hope to have about 200 kids coming and participating uh, in the fun run. And the idea behind that is to expose these kids to the sport of triathlon. And hopefully in a few more years, they'll be part participating in the event. Uh, that's all taking place on Saturday. So Saturday is going to be a pretty busy day. And then obviously the big event um, is going to be the sixth edition is the Olympic distance uh, on Sunday. So it should be a great weekend of uh, triathlon for everybody. I mean, the sixth edition, that, that's, that's amazing. It's been going for, for a long, long time. It's, it's well established on the South African triathlon calendar. Uh, Ryan, tell me why Sun City, first of all. Um, I tell you, Brad, as, um, as I said, um, you know, I grew up in South Africa and uh, was familiar with Sun City. <clears throat> and then you're, you're right. I didn't mean to say I've never, I've never returned to South Africa. I have returned many, many times. Um, and uh, for old time's sake, I went to Sun City one weekend. I was going for a run on the golf course. And I thought, what a, what a great place to have a triathlon. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, so I approached Sun City management uh, with the idea. And, and here we are, six years later. Uh, the event has really been well received by the South African uh, triathlon community. And uh, hope, we hope to have almost a 1,000 athletes participate this year. So Sun City has just been a... A great host. Um, to hopefully, I think um, have one of South Africa's um, best uh, triathlons. Yeah, I, I mean, I've done it before, and, and one thing I, I really enjoy about that race is that there's lots of bodies of water that you swim at in races uh, around the country that you think afterwards you go, yo, I don't know if I want to uh, know what was in that water, but the water at Sun City is impeccably clean. I mean, that dam is great, and the run on the golf course is it's tough there's no two ways about it it is tough because that time of the year it's quite hot at sun city as well and also with all the moisture on the golf course it's quite muggy and humid but it's an amazing piece of architecture that gary play designed golf course you get to practically run on the golf cart tracks uh and and yeah there's no traffic it's it's just really really cool yeah it, it really brings in you know just uh, all the perfect elements that we look for in organizing a triathlon yeah, as you mentioned, the water, it's pristine, it's crystal clear, so it's a great environment for athletes to swim. It's safe. They can see where they're going. And and then just the sheer beauty of, of the landscape. You know, who, who knew Gary Player, you know, he designed this golf course, but it lends itself perfectly to hosting a tough a tough run. Um, and, and thank goodness, uh, you know, the, the, bi the bicycle part, um, you know, we go out, obviously, none of that takes place on the Sun City grounds, but it's it's a great, uh, safe way to access the roads, and we get a good 40k, uh, two uh, 20k loops, which uh, makes it a really uh, challenging event. And it, it truly is uh, combined with the heat and the hills. Uh, you know, South Africa's toughest uh, Olympic distance triathlon. Yeah, you mentioned the run was tough. The, the cycle's pretty tough too. I mean, it's a two-lapper, and that, that little bump right at the at the end of the first lap that you have to go up at the end of the second one as well to get back to transition uh, is not pretty. And it's you know what? It's a great test, Ryan, especially at, at the beginning of the season to, to know where you're at. I mean, to, to see how your off-season's gone, and, and sometimes it's a bit of a kick in the jack to go, you know what? You've taken a bit of uh, a bit too much time off, and, and you really need to get back in the groove now. And, and that's what what I'm sort of expecting for me, it's, it's going to be a, a bit of an eye-opener and, and, and looking ahead to the rest of the season. But I'm really excited that you've introduced a, a sprint as well on the Saturday. Uh, we've chatted about it extensively here on the show over the last few months, uh, about no national sprint series taking place in the country, which is very, very sad because there just is no sponsorship for it. 
But the sprint distance is a great way to introduce new people to the sport because Olympic, once you've done a few Olympics, they're not that hard and, and anybody can really do it. But for a new person, it's quite in intimidating to basically start on, on an Olympic distance. So the sprint distance is a great stepping stone to get into the sport, isn't it? Absolutely, Brad. You know, I think it's so important as a race organizer, you know, to introduce the sport, um, you know, to the to to the public and not just rely on on um, you know on the sport growing uh, on it. You know, uh, you know, we we really have to do things to take the sport to the people and not expect the people to come and participate in the sport. So, in order to do that, the sprint is 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 a great distance uh, to get uh, new people. That may be intimidated, you know, by longer distance races to come and get their feet wet, so to speak, experience the race. And typically, like happens to all triathletes, you know, it's just a matter of doing one race and being around all other triathletes, and and everybody's hooked. So, it's it's a shame that, um, as you said, you know, there's no national sprint series. Uh, but hopefully, you know, that lends us the opportunity to, you know, we have introduced the sprint, and we want to, you know attract our race to to not only seasoned um, uh, triathletes and professionals but we want to, we want everybody beginners kids uh, to come and experience the 11 Global uh, Sun City experience. Yeah, it should be good. And you talk about the 11 Global Sun City experience. You you host races around the world, which, I mean, as I mentioned, the Cape Town race a little bit earlier on, but you don't just do races in South Africa. Tell us about the whole whole series and how it came about. Yeah, absolutely, Brad. So uh, as in our company name is 11 Global and the, how we got a name is is uh, literally we, we would like to have 11 uh, 11 races uh, globally. And um, so right now we are up to uh, five events. Uh, we have two in South Africa, uh, obviously the Sun City race. And then on February the uh, 16th, um, we have a, a beautiful and another beautiful venue in uh, Bloberg Strand in Cape Town with Table Mountain as the backdrop. Uh, so that's going to be our first race of next year. Uh, then we have an event uh, uh, and about an hour's drive from Atlanta, so something a little little closer to home for me, which is which is great. I don't have to do all the traveling. Um, and then we have uh, our Canadian event, uh, which is up at uh, Niagara Falls. And we also have an event in uh, Dubai. Uh, so we have five races on our, our calendar at the moment. And over the next few years, we're looking to, as I say, to grow the series uh, to, to, 11, to 11 events uh, worldwide. Ryan, I'm fascinated by, by that. I mean, I didn't know that story, that, that that's how the name came about, and it's quite interesting. Do you partner up with, with the guys in, in sort of the different countries that you work at, or do you handle all the logistics from where you are and then come out and actually host the race? Yeah, pretty much um, it's all managed in uh, in-house um, by us uh, and my staff at 11 Global. However, obviously, uh, we do partner with uh, local, you know, with local uh, race organizers, um, you know, to, to, to assist us. Um, but unfortunately, right now with our current five events, um, we are just, um, it's getting too much for, for us to handle. And so we're actually looking at uh, probably to grow the series um, to franchise the additional, the additional events out. Um, it's just so challenging going into foreign countries to organize an event. And so we're also looking at ways to make life easier for ourselves um, because we understand now that we've do, been doing this for six years, there are many, many challenges and it's extremely time consuming. So we're going to be switching our model in terms of achieving the growth that we want and, and looking at probably like a franchise model for additional countries it sounds it sounds brilliant and 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 i mean i've done your race before and i enjoy the experience and and there are a few other global triathlon companies that that put races on around the globe the obvious one is is the iron man brand uh there's the challenge family as well uh there's you guys what what makes you guys unique i mean you put on a good race and tell us what people can expect just from a race perspective often you go to a race here in south africa and it's not i mean let's be honest it's not that well organized and and maybe there's a few things lacking but you guys put on put on a great race oh uh, thanks for the compliment brad um yeah we you know we look at the race from the athlete's perspective um a, a lot of us that are working with 11 global we are triathletes ourselves and so we feel what makes 11 Global unique or and our 11 series 
is that we really approach it we, where we look at the triathlete and we want the triathlete to come and have a great uh, race experience. Um, it's a lot easier said than done. Um, you know, we've learned over the years and we've refined that. And we finally get into the point where we, where we feel we can deliver a race from start to finish with the athletes, not only the race itself, but the activities around the race um, are really smooth and the athletes come and, and have, a, have a great time. So it's all about for us the, the triathlete experience. We want our athletes to, to enjoy the race and enjoy the overall experience. All right, cool. Entries for Sun City are open right now. If somebody's listening to this and they, and they want to get in the mix and they want to head up to the resort for that weekend, how do they go about it? Yeah, they must. Uh, all of our entries are managed uh, on our online uh, entry system. So if they can visit our website, which is 11, the number 1111global.com, and then just select the 11 Sun City uh, link. It will take them to the registration page. Go over there and uh, fill in the necessary information, and they're going to be all set to go. Brilliant. Ryan, what I'll do is as well is I'll link from our website uh, the show notes for this episode of Try Talk SA straight to that page as well. So if people want to check it out and they want to enter, they can do that too. And then as far as registration and that goes uh, on, on, on race weekend? Uh, yeah, that's going to depend, Brad, on um, if slots remain available. Right now we have actually uh, 500 uh, slots that have been sold. Um, we're looking at a field, as I say, of 1,000. So um, we're actually looking, uh, expecting it to be sold out. So uh, unfortunately, when we hit that number, then we're going to have to close uh, the entry. So I do encourage folks not to leave it uh, for the last minute. Don't procrastinate uh, because you may miss out. Um, we will sell uh, slots if they remain available on race weekend. Right, right. We sorry, that. I think you misunderstood me. What I meant is, is once you've entered and, and, and to pick up your race pack and, and, and timing chips and all of that sort of stuff on the weekend, how, how do people go about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's very, very easy. So uh, we're having a packet uh, collections beginning from Friday. So all the athletes need to do is uh, to arrive at Sun City. Uh, we have all their entry details. They just need to give us their name, and then we will hand them their goodie bags, their race numbers, their timing chips, everything that they're going to need for their race. All right, brilliant. And, and I know a lot of people do stay at the resort, but a lot of people come through from, from Gauteng. They drive through for the day as well. Uh, getting into the resort and that sort of thing, it's, it's pretty easy and as, as always. I mean, you need to park in the, in the visitor's parking down the bottom, but they have the buses that go up to, up to the resort and up to the dam that you can catch the bus. And also, I think the monorail runs as well. Uh, I remember putting my bike on that thing. Uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah correct, Brad. Uh, as we said, uh, one of the nice things about uh, entering the race is that um, if you're coming up just for the day, uh, then the race, your race entry fee does include uh, the day visitor's fee to Sun City. And yes, again, you know, uh, working closely with Sun City, we want to make that a, 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 a quick and easy uh, parking experience for the athletes uh, to go through the gates, park, and uh, make their way up uh, towards the cabana's lawn uh, to get to where they need to be. So uh, pretty smooth tra transition if you're going to just be coming up for, uh, for the day. All right, and then as the event goes as well, is it drafting, non-drafting? Uh, so all, all of our 11 events are non-drafting. Um, we believe uh, in the uh, Amano, Almano uh, racing, so all the events are non-drafting. Uh, we have uh, the event is sanctioned by Triathlon South Africa, so we will have the race referees out on the uh, uh, on the cycling course, monitoring uh, guys that are, uh, are drafting. Okay, cool. So all, all the normal rules apply, which means it's non-drafting, which means you can go up on your tri-bike uh, if you've got tri-bars on, on a normal road bike as well. Those are allowed too. Absolutely, yes. Cool, right. We want the speed demons there. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Landy, as, uh, yeah, it's been amazing catching up. I, I look forward to, to heading up to Sun City for that weekend uh, in November. It should be good fun. And uh, yeah, looking forward to racing it once again. Uh, awesome, Brad. Thanks. It's been great chatting to you and uh, looking forward to seeing you uh, at Sun City and, uh, and uh, giving it to you all, my man. One thing I'm finding as I do more of these podcasts is many athletes are, are crossing over to many different sporting codes. Uh, we chatted to Roald de Jong, who uh, is a, a really decent age group of triathlete, just a couple of weeks ago on Cycle Talk SA. And this week... We caught up with another decent age group of triathlete who's uh, crossing over to do some mountain biking. And I'm talking about Alec Riddle, 
And one thing I did ask Alec as well, with Kona coming up, I sort of quizzed him about who the South Africans were to look out for this weekend from an elite perspective uh, as well as an age group perspective. Uh, and this is what Alec had to say. If you want to listen to the whole interview with Alec, all you need to do is get over to uh, www.mtbtalksa.co.za. And this is a little bit that Alec had to say about uh, the Ironman World Champs in Kona this weekend. Yeah, I'm so sad not to be there, having been there last year, but hopefully I'll be back uh, back there in time. But, uh, you know, just listening and seeing all the posts from guys I was with last year, like Carl Buckingham, um, I really do think that he's got a chance of, you know, he won the world uh, 70.3 in Vegas a month ago. I think he's got a chance of winning a title in his age category and possibly even being first amateur overall. Um, you know, we've got James Kahneman out there uh, in the in the pro section. Um, you know, the race is tailor-made for a runner. So, you know, don't ride off James Kahneman. I know he'll be a bit of a distance behind, I think, out of the swim, but uh, but I think he's going to be he's he's going to be in the mix uh, late in the race. You know, and then we've got all sorts of you know Ironman race director Paul Wolf. Uh, he's out there. He's unable to compete in South Africa because he's always organising these events. Wonderful to see him. In, uh, in, in Ironman Kona, he has a, you know, there's a guy who's done, uh, a sub 10 hour Ironman and really great competitor. And yeah, it's just, it's so fantastic. There's some wonderful, uh, uh, athletes competing there. Good friend of mine who trained with me for Ironman South Africa, Dan Howitz. He's out there in the 25 to 29 age category. You know, hopefully he can crack that 10 hour barrier as well. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing race. And then uh, she's, she's not South African, but we've sort of adopted her as our own Jodie Swallow, who's, who's made the step up to full, dist- full Ironman distance in the last year. She's also, I think, in with, with pretty good shot. Well, I can tell you one thing about Jodie. She'll be leading early on in the bike because, man, she swims like a fish. But uh, you know, Jodie is one of the great characters of the sport, lovely lady. Um, you know, I've got to know her quite well. And I think South Africa love Jodie Swallow. They'd love her to do well. Um, you know, and, and I'm one of her biggest uh, supporters and fans. I'm wondering if, you know, she has the necessary, uh, you know, sort of experience and endurance at this stage to challenge and the running ability to challenge in a race like Kona. Um, you know, I'd hate to say it, but, you know, in my heart of hearts, I'm not so sure. But, you know, let's hope she blows me away and, uh, you know, gets somewhere near the podium or top 10. It'll be a great achievement for a girl, who, a lady who's just come into Ironman. Yeah, and I mean, she's got the pedigree. She's she's won seventy point three, so she's just made the step up. It might be might be a bit too soon, but it'll be a great learning experience for her to to race at that level at that distance. I'm sure. Yeah, and she and, and not forgetting, she won world seventy point three yeah. in Clearwater, Florida. So you know, she's you know, and she's done well in Ironman uh, this year. But as I say, um, you know, you need years and years of endurance. You need to be a good runner on that Kona course. Um, you know, I was I've been dreaming of Kona for twenty five years. I've followed it many times. I've followed Rainy Tessin's progress, progress many times. When I got over there, I was in for the shock of my life. I mean, the conditions out there, you just can't explain them. Um, you know, the course itself, it beats you up. Uh, you know, if you are not a really seasoned, good, strong runner, uh, it's tough. You know, if Raynaud, you know, Raynaud doesn't got a fifth and two sevenths and a tenth out there, um, but it's brutal. Uh, you know, he did fantastic with what I would call, you know, his running ability. Uh, but there's no doubt in my mind that Reynard Tissen, if the world Ironman was held anywhere else in the world, would have been a top three contender time and time again. Yeah, without a doubt. Alec Riddle, I want to wish you all the best for your, your mountain bike journey that you're about to undertake for the next month and, and also your, your build-up. You're going to be back in PE for, for the 10th edition of Ironman South Africa, I'm presuming? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I almost said I'm taking 2014 off, but I took uh, three months off during this winter in, in, in light of the fact that I wanted to be there for the 10-year edition of Ironman South Africa. Um, I think it'll be my seventh or eighth one. Um, it's been an incredible journey for me. I've, you know, it's, it's, trans- it's transformed my life. Um, you know, and as I say, in Ironman, anything is possible. And, uh, you know, I certainly um, can attest to that. <laughs> Chewie, that is it. Uh, bumper edition of Try Talk SA this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, you can. You can tweet us at Try Talk SA. You can also pop us a message on our Facebook page. Just head over to facebook.com, Try Talk SA, forward slash rather, Try Talk SA. Uh, or if you'd uh, prefer, you can pop us an email, podcast at trytalksa.co.za. As promised at the beginning of the show, I said I would ask you a question. 
relating or not or relating to this show, but uh, for an entry for the Prime Jailbreak Triathlon. And all you need to do if you'd like to enter is just head over to the website. You'll see a banner on the right-hand side. Click on that banner, submit your answer, and listen out to next week's show because you could be racing at the Jailbreak Triathlon on us and the organizers of Jailbreak as well. The question I wanted to know is where is the Ironman World Championships taking place this weekend? So you can pop your answer onto the website. Just head over to tritalksa.co.za. And that's about a wrap for this week. Looking forward to catching up with you again next week. Uh, Until then, happy training, happy racing, and enjoy watching Kona online this weekend. From myself, Brad Brown, cheers. (laughs) 